This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hey, hey, hey. Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you. This Thursday, we promised an interview, and we're absolutely delivering it. We're going to bring on in a minute here Dan Holmey, who's the host of Locked Locked On Caps of the Locked On Network. If you've heard of them, you may know uh, know, what their deal is, but Dan puts out a, a podcast every day about uh, the Washington Capitals. Polly, do you think you could produce a podcast every day with me? Absolutely not. <laughs> is that is that because it's me, or is it just because it'd be hard? Because it'd be hard. Oh. I think okay. I could stomach you if, <laughs> if we had the juice. Just barely, just barely. All right, well, let's, uh, let's pop yeah. some tabs and bring Dan in. What do you think, man? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream now, Dan Holmey of Locked on Camps. Dan, thanks a lot for uh, joining us, man. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, man. So uh, first things first, you know, the Washington Capitals have had an up and down season, but you actually got to see them live last night in your hometown, home state of Minnesota, because that's where you broadcast from. Tell us where, uh, tell us, tell us about the experience. Uh, well, it was a, a pretty good experience, all things considered. Um, just went there, and uh, uh, it was it was nice because I had free tickets to get in there with a press pass. And guys, I'm sorry, but can I recut this here? It's cutting in and out here. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. No worries. Sorry. All good. Here we'll rag it. We'll rag it while while Dan fixes his uh, his mic. He's got this brand new, like pretty badass road mic, and it's uh, just not been cutting it for him so he's got to go back to the the blue yeti which is you know tried and true um but yeah that's that's technology for you isn't it you get the the new shiny stuff and it's a pain in the ass to get it set up i know i know polly uh i know we have our own wi-fi connection issues uh almost weekly but it's getting better i think we've we've started halfway through the season at this point we've got at least some basis as to what's going on at this point, don't you think? Yeah, we're getting there. You know, uh, we're uh, we might not be ready for the show yet, but we're starting to win in the AHL. <laughs> right, exactly, dude. Uh, I mean, talking about that Minnesota game, though, you know, I really thought that the Washington Capitals didn't play terribly. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, it was, you know, for a rare. It, this may be the first time in the whole season that we outshot the opponent and still <laughs> lost. So I don't know, Dan. Were you yeah. were you back with us? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Perfect. So yeah, it was a game that uh, I had high hopes for going into. Uh, one of the things that Spencer Carberry said is that this is crunch time. These are must-win games, and I know oftentimes people say that these are must-win games, but uh, the Capitals at this point are kind of on the outside looking in as far as their playoff uh, hopes are concerned. And I thought if there was going to be a game to win in this upcoming stretch that Minnesota was going to be it because they take on the Avalanche tonight and then they take on the Dallas Stars. 
Uh, and then, of course, there is uh, Vancouver and Boston in that trip. So it's not going to get any easier for the Capitals. Um, and, you know, just watching the game, the Capitals were on their heels from the moment the puck dropped. And when they scored first, I kind of just looked at the people around me. I'm like, well, this is how it's going to go. Um, Anthony Mantha, who has been a pleasant surprise this year. Of course, you guys uh, know about the Capitals that everyone was talking about. You know, we should trade Anthony Mantha in the offseason and how horrible he is. But how strange it is that he is doing as well that he is doing right now. If you take a look at Anthony Mantha, he's number two on the Capitals with 14 goals. Uh, I think that uh, if you had predicted that uh, in the offseason, you should uh, take part in more online gambling. But I definitely... Uh, did not see that uh, coming in. But Anthony Mantha, huge two goals on the night. TJ Oshie finding the back of the net as well. And I thought it was just going to be a total mess, but they poured it on late in the third period. And uh, it ultimately wasn't enough. And uh, Darcy Kemper wasn't enough. But you guys know how it is. Everyone wants to blame the goalie. Uh, I don't think that necessarily it was Darcy Kemper's fault. I think the defense wasn't that great. And um, that's why the Capitals are in the position that they're in. Yeah, I mean, um, oftentimes on this show, we talk about how the goalie should have the first shot if it's at least, you know, from the outside or whatever. But, uh, and I was talking to Paulie on the pre-show, like, if he'd caught any of the of the goals, and, and if you look at the replays, it's quite dam- damning looking to Kemper. But honestly, the guys that came in and shot on him and scored had all night and day and, and a clear lane. Is that what you were seeing live? Yeah, and uh, it's especially frustrating to watch them live because it was disjointed for pretty much the entire game. The new shiny toy that the Capitals acquired in Ethan Bear was a healthy scratch. So I think that uh, chemistry um, with the deep pairings uh, is apparent, as I believe that TVR is out of tonight's game. So I think that to a certain extent, uh, it feels like this team is kind of flailing. They're trying to find an identity on the fly here. And we're doing it with an Alex Ovechkin that only has eight goals on the season. Again, if you had picked that in the offseason, you should uh, do some on more online gambling. But taking a look at it, where would the Capitals be right now? If you take a look at the 2022 season, 42 goals. The 21 season, 50 goals. Um, and I think he's going to be lucky to get... 15 goals on the season, I think was one of the projections that I had read. So you got to think how much better would the Capitals be if, you know, Alex Ovechkin would have scored as many goals, goals, excuse me, as he normally did. Um, And you take a look at Evgeny Kuznetsov's inconsistency. Um, So there is problems that abound and it's uh, very evident when you see them live uh, in person. And, um, you know, one of the things is that Nick Backstrom is traveling with them on the on the road trip here. Uh, there's no plans of him putting the skates on, uh, not with a jersey anyway, but I think he's there for moral support and kind of that leading voice that the Capitals are used to hearing. Uh, one of the things I remember is Tom Wilson used to refer to Nick Backstrom as dad many years ago. So he definitely does have that fatherly quality and hopefully, you know, can kind of say, hey, guys, this is what I'm noticing from up on top. You should do this. You should do it that. Um, It's a tough position for the Capitals. And as we take a look at the trade deadline this year, which I believe is on March 8th, uh, there's a lot of questions. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? At this point right now, unless things, you know, change in a hurry, they're going to be sellers and miss the playoffs once again. Wow. That's a, so is that, do you think that's a hot take, Polly? No, I don't think so at all. I, um, I think that's pretty fair. Um, 
Ovechkin's not looking good, and this team without a hot Ovechkin and an underperforming Kuznetsov, I think if they're not in a good spot, then selling is the right option and give her another try next year. That's that's interesting, man. I mean, I'm I always hold out too much hope, I'm sure, and the Washington Capitals are consistently letting me down. But honestly, you know, the problem I see is that what the fuck do the Caps have to sell? You know, I mean, Dan, do you have maybe like one guy that we could get a return for? <laughs> yeah, you know, you take a look at it, and it's a funny thing to say, uh, being that we, what we spoke about there, but Anthony Mantha, you know, um, he was had little to no value last season, but uh, he's been playing that much better. He has some value. Listen, I would be willing to to listen on most anyone except for Alex Ovechkin and maybe Tom Wilson, anyone else. Yes, everything must go. It's a fire sale. I think that I would be willing to listen to offers because, you know, you take a look at last season, they're like, well, Peter Laviolette sucks, so we'll change the head coach. And Spencer Carberry's this young, you know, great coach. And, and he is, I think, sort of. Um, I guess we don't know. He's the first coach not to get any production out of Alex Ovechkin. I'll let that one swirl around there a little bit. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's just a tough position for the Capitals to be in here. Um, but, you know, like I talked about on Twitter, the onus of this has to go to on um, Brian McClellan to a certain extent. You know, he is the guy, him and Ted Leonsis are the decision makers that decide in which direction this team must go in. And everything that I've heard out there is that there's not going to be a tear it down to the studs rebuild under the Alex Ovechkin era. But I think that that promise was probably made when Alex Ovechkin was performing how he normally performs. I think all bets are off now that he only has eight goals on the season. And not to totally disparage Alex Ovechkin, he does have uh, a lot of assists. on the, He has 20, as I take a look at NHL.com, only led by John Carlson. So he is chipping in but not chipping in the way that I think as Capitals fans we were hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you ultimately need someone to bury. All the assists in the world are great. And for all the young hockey players out there, it definitely feels good to uh, have a couple of assists on the belt. Uh, but at the same time, ultimately the, the Capitals' problem is we are bottom of the barrel at, at the, in the whole season. You know, we've gotten a little bit better, but – towards the bottom of goals per game on average. And that, you know, when you're scoring less than three or, or on average, like low twos, that's that's a huge, huge piece of, of scoring that's gone. And I think that to your point that, you know, if Leonsis, because the promise was that Leonsis was going to do everything in his power to create a competitive team so that Ovi can you know, continue to chase glory and, and, and also play with good players. I'm not sure I'm seeing that this past. Now, keep in mind, we've got a bunch of big contracts. We've got some, you know, Kuznetsov eating up cap, um, you know, not a lot of flexibility in general, but at the same time, we're still just really fledgling here. And, and what do we, what do we have to do? And do you see Dan, anybody being actually bought out because you know Anthony Mantha like you said he's he's had he's put together a great season that's a 44 game you know sample size over his 10 year long career uh and five of those years were really just everyone wanting more it seemed in Detroit and uh and even here in, in DC so like you know do you see someone like Kuznetsov getting waived 
Yeah, that's definitely one name that comes to mind. I think they've done everything that they can possibly do for Evgeny Kuznetsov. You know, he's an interesting, quirky player. You know, I could be the greatest NHL player that I wanted to be. I just don't want to be. And then, you know, you've seen him go from the first line center to the fourth line uh, a couple games ago and nicked out on the top line there for a while trying to jumpstart Alex Ovechkin. I don't know if necessarily they would buy anyone out. I think that they will probably take um, a diminished return for Evgeny Kuznetsov. If you take a look at what the Capitals did last season when Hathaway and Orloff went out to uh, Boston, they said that you're going to get these draft picks, but you got to take Craig Smith with you. Um, so I think that it's going to be the same thing with Evgeny Kuznetsov. In the offseason, they'll make a deal, and the deal will be, we'll get this player, but you got to take Kuzi's uh, contract off the books if someone wants to do that. Now, the Capitals were very close on moving Kuznetsov in the offseason. Barry Trotz is a bit of the Kuzi whisperer. As we know, he is the GM of the Nashville Predators, and it did appear that he was going to go to Nashville, and the Capitals would have gotten Duchesne in that deal. Um, but that whole thing fell apart, and uh, it wasn't to be. But I think if the Capitals kind of want to widen the lens a little bit here and look at options, and, you know, Twitter is a very polarizing place. People say that's not going to work, but I would take a look <laughs> internally on what the Capitals have in options. If you take a look at the Hershey Bears, they are absolutely crushing it. Um, and they have some great goal scoring in uh, Pierrick Dubay. Um, and you take a look at uh, Scarbosa. You take a look at Ethan Frank. You take a look at what Clay Stevenson is doing, the number one goalie in all of the AHL. Why don't you see what you have in-house uh, before you mortgage the future uh, if it is the perception that the Capitals are out of it, and that will happen, I think, between now and March. Um, and then I think that's when you'll start to see a lot of those young players come in. But then it's going to be too late. Um, and I think that to a certain extent, that would rattle the cages of a lot of the guys on the big team. But so be it. You're not performing. And again, I think that when we do the po post-mortem on this season, after the season, how much of this has to do with Spencer Carberry systems. It's kind of the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. Um, you take a look at how, you know, people want to talk, you know, trash about Peter Laviolette, but the Rangers are in first place, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you take that into consideration. And, um, you know, I think he did lose the locker room and I think that he has, you know, a good rapport with the younger players and, and that's great. And maybe I'll put that on a t-shirt and sell it somewhere. Um, but I, I don't think that, that that really matters. You know, results speak for themselves and, as it stands right now, Spencer Carberry is the first coach to get the least amount out of Alex Ovechkin. And, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, and that's just, you know, being conspiratorial and, and you know, kind of going into the weeds there a little bit. But seeing him play live, uh, Alex Ovechkin it does appear that he is still dealing with a nagging injury. His shot seems off and it does seem like it's in the upper body shoulder area. And I think we'll find out about that in the offseason that I don't think that Father Time punched him in the face uh, in the off season. And he's just this bad. I don't, I just don't buy that. So uh, I think it's either a mixture of uh, carbs systems or him playing with some kind of nagging injury, but uh, the linchpin, the catalyst for this team is Alex Ovechkin. When he plays really, really well, the Capitals win a lot of games when he's not scoring a lot of goals. Well, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, you got anything to add to that? Even though we, Hey Dan, I will say like two weeks ago, uh, the Hockey Troll Hip Check on Thursday, which is normally what we do on Thursday, is a segment-based podcast. I have started asking questions about Carberry, and I, you know, over overall, we came to the conclusion that hey, he's doing a good job, but there are things that he was billed. You know, his top two lines on his resume have not been filled, 
uh, and that was fix the power play, churn offense. Uh, Paulie, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think he is the sexy, shiny new toy, and I'm not ready to um, get rid of him yet. But the fact that he has been the least productive, had the least productive version of Alex Ovechkin is uh, definitely something to take a deeper look into. No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, I think I think Ovi's passing way too much this season, but uh, a lot of that is a product of not being able to find him with space. And, you know, he's lost two or three steps from, you know, his younger years. I think that we can all agree on that. So uh, you would think that a coach of the NHL caliber would be able to find him as more of like a turret, right? You stay in one spot or, or you kind of drift around a small area on the ice and we play a little distraction and find you five on five, but it just hasn't been the case. Um, but we do have to pay the bills here. Earlier in the pod, uh, Dan was was really pulling hard on the chain about sports gambling. So we'll just go with that as our ad read. As usual, we know hockey moves fast, but DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything else on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, when I go on Dan's show, he's got like all sorts of new sponsors, man. Like what are we doing with that? I don't know, man. I was just looking at my koozie here. Can you see it? There it is. Oh, yeah. We haven't had a new sponsor in a while. That is our best sponsorship deal. Summer Skates, shout out. They uh, they sent us some product and uh, and also, you know, let us get a code and stuff. Uh, it was it was a good time. But, um, but yeah. So, Dan, I do have to ask you just a little bit more personal stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you said you got press passes. Was that through locked on or, and, and what is that like? Do you get to sit in the press box or do they just hand you some tickets? Tell us about it. No, I got, uh, I got them through locked on. Uh, they submit your name and sometimes you get in. I didn't have locker room access and, uh, that could be for various reasons. And, you know, I, on a different podcast, I could talk about the absolute disaster that monumental is just an abhorrent thing that happened to the Capitals, that happened to the Wizards, that happened to broadcasting. Um, I'll talk about it right now. Why not? Yeah. Um, is is that there were a lot of voices that have been silenced, and some of those voices have left. You take a look at, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Matt Weirich was one of the best writers uh, for the Capitals, for the Nationals, for NBC Sports Washington. And uh, as we know, Monumental acquired in, uh, uh, NBC Sports Washington and with that, Matt Wyrick. And I think maybe he put out five articles this entire season. Uh, you take a look at Tarek El-Bashir, who won an award as one of, I think, the best writer in D.C. this year. 
I think he's maybe put out a, a dozen articles where there used to be hard hitting articles after everything. And how can you be objective on covering a team when the team is cutting your check? Are you going to be able to rake them over the coals when Ted Leonsis is signing your check? I don't think that's the case. Um, and, you know, that's the same thing for John Walton. That's the same thing for Joe B. That's the same thing for Craig Lachlan, that everything is under the monumental banner and a lot of open doors that were there for us as podcasters, me and you alike, have been slammed shut. Um, I used to have a lot of those guys on the show and Monumental's uh, policy is they don't do podcasts unless it's a Capitals podcast by like John Walton or they will do radio hits or TV hits. And that was the case or, uh, you know, when I talked to the guy that I, from Monumental that I used to speak with on a regular basis, he said, yeah, we, we can't do podcasts anymore. So I think that that is horrible. Um, I think that, uh, I don't think you're getting that hard hitting Capitals coverage that you used to get. Uh, if you want to take a look at writers, say, say you missed the game and you want to brush up on the game, um, it used to be that you could go to Matt Wyrick. It used to be that you could go to, to Tarek El-Bashir. It used to be just this plethora of options out there. And now it is Sammy Silber, who is one of the best writers, I think, for the Capitals, just knocks it out of the park. I like her work. Um, and also um, Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post, but that's behind a paywall. So you can't find a lot of Capitals coverage. And I think that one of the strengths of the Capitals for so many years is that they had so many great beat writers a lot of those voices have been silenced. Why? I'm not so sure. But one thing that's interesting is that Matt Wyrick stepped away from Monumental and took a job with the Baltimore Orioles. So if you want proof in the pudding, there's part of it. You want to take a look at J.J. Regan. He was one of the first guys to go from NBC to Monumental. Guess what? He doesn't work for it anymore either. I want to say he's a firefighter now. So uh, a lot yeah. of these guys that, that you know were great voices that I respected for so many years, um, JJ Regan, you know, when he was on my show, I was just like, oh my God, you know, like gushing, you know, like, oh my God, I've read your stuff for a decade. Yeah. Um, those voices are gone. And it's kind of sad for me because, you know, it's just a handful, not even a handful, a few really great beat writers. You know, there's Nova Caps and, and RMNB in that mix, but I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, more well-known uh, locations. So a, a, a sad thing, I think, for the Capitals. And I hope that that is something that gets addressed. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't realize that was such drama behind the scenes there. You're obviously more well, you got press passes to a game. We've never done that. So uh, <laughs> you're obviously more of a big J journalist than than we are. And, and I, I think that all Caps fans who listen to both of our shows, which I hope there's a couple and I know there's a couple that they can take you more seriously on the journalistic journalistic side and the reporting side. We are just a couple of slobs on a mic. So, you know, that's that's kind of the, the difference, I think. But, yeah, I did not realize that there was such a – but you're right. You know, five, six years ago, there were tons of people writing about the Caps. There was all sorts of good content constantly being put out. Now it does seem like, man, who – It's state-run media. <laughs> yeah, right. Who is – who's out here? It's in – yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> in D.C., state-run, baby, right? So that's really yeah. sad. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was um, – that bad um but and i have no doubt if i tried to get a press pass in dc just based on sometimes how i bash the capitals i have no doubt in my mind that i probably wouldn't get one um wow. the only reason i got it was because uh it was in minnesota i didn't have locker room access that kind of thing but um you know and so a lot of those guys that i've had on my show for years great guys you know you see them in person they weren't nearly as friendly as they used to be so um i don't know something's up there and it's it's kind of really sad as a capitals fan 
Yeah, no doubt. So on to uh, about the game though. Did you get to did you get to sit in the press box or did they just yeah. hand you tickets? Okay, you did. Yeah, I mean, I was in there. I went into the bathroom. I, I took a leak, and Craig Locke, when it was in there, I saw that um, uh, Al Koken, you know, was uh, getting a cup of coffee in it when I was in there. So, I mean, it was just a wide array. You know, Joe B. and John Walton, I got to say hi to him. One thing I'm going to say is uh, John Walton shook my hand, talked to me for a little bit. But, you know, he's a guy I've had on my show a few times. But um, probably won't in the future. Uh, a sad thing there. But uh, it was all the press for the Minnesota Wild. Um, and it was all the press for uh, the Capitals. And there's not a lot of them that travel with the team anymore. It's mostly uh, just Mike Vogel uh, and Bailey Johnson, but like Tarek Elbashir and uh, Sammy Silver, those, they don't really go travel with the team on the road. Right, right. I was uh, I was thinking about DMing Bailey Johnson because she's the new, you know, and it took, how long did it take? She's amazing. Is she good? Yeah. She's cool. Yeah, she's been on my show, at which I want to have her on again, and uh, she's been on uh, Bob Matthews' show uh, a couple times as well. Um, but she is a very knowledgeable person when it comes to hockey. Just sees the game really well. She used to cover the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, if I remember, memory serves, she also did some work for soccer, that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, she would be an excellent guest and just is very knowledgeable when it comes to hockey. Awesome, good stuff, man. Well, we'll have to hit her up. Um, you know, I mean, the Washington Post is an incredibly prestigious uh, newspaper publication, has always been. I mean, the history with Watergate and everything else, uh, you know, to stand strong through, you know, the whole times of the Internet and print kind of going by the wayside. Like, you know, I, I really uh, respect at least anybody that comes out of the Washington Post in that sense. So uh, and of course, we all miss Sam Pell, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to. Uh, tease Bailey a little bit about that. You know, how are you filling those big shoes? Right. Um, but, uh, if, if she ever comes on, but, uh, good stuff, man. No, I appreciate all that. Uh, inside look, Polly, did you have any idea? No, no, I didn't. Um, this was all a very <clears throat> unpleasant revelation for me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, we can lighten it up a little bit here to, to end things out. Cause I know you've got to go, uh, record there, Dan, but, um, you know, I mean, so you said that the Washington Capitals aren't a, a playoff team. If we look at the rest of the season and into next season, you know, what what do you want to see out of the Washington Capitals? Will they because, you know, the whole the whole bill this season was we're going to reload on the fly. We're going to, you know, we get patches. We're going to reload on the fly. We're going to we're going to work to the ends of the earth. And I think for the most part, personnel wise, Brian McClellan has done a decent job of that with having literally no tools in his hands. But, you know, what do you think is going to happen uh, rest of the season into next? I, I see them missing the playoffs. And, and don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to be wrong if they if they do make it to the playoffs. But that's just kind of my knee jerk reaction on it. And uh, I, I just, you know, one of the things that Brian McClellan has said is I'm going to address the top six. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It hasn't happened. I've also the latest guy linked to the team is Sean Monahan uh, from the Habs, who is currently a third line center. So I guess, you know, you could argue if he's top six material, but um, I, I hope that they, they address it. I, I ultimately don't see them tearing it down to the studs, rebuilding it. And I don't necessarily know if that's the right idea. Take a look at the Washington Nationals, for example. They're getting closer, but they're still a ways out. So I think that, you know, everyone loves the idea and, you know, kind of reactionary when your team does poorly. You're like, get them all out of here. I don't want to see any of them guys ever again. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that is the right idea. 
because then all of a sudden, you know, it would be a bunch of unknowns and that takes a while to get going. But it's all about tactful approaches as well. If you want to take a look at the New York Rangers, when they sucked for quite a few years, they rebuilt and guess what? They're in the first place in the Metro. So I think that it's all about technique. It's all about style. And as much as people you know, say about Brian McClellan, he's doing what he can do. Listen, that's not my job to figure it out. If it was, I would be a GM of a team. He should figure it out. If you want proof in the pudding, to use an old term, take a look at the Edmonton Oilers, who many had hoped, uh, had them projected for winning a Stanley Cup. And then they just fell flat on their face. Uh, Connor McDavid looked like he needed help, that he probably needed to call a 1-800 number. Um, but then all of a sudden, they hired a new head coach, a guy that was... Um, I want to say it was a coach of a junior league. And all of a sudden they went on, last time I checked, like a 14 or 15 game winning streak. So I think that if you have a great GM, again, if you want to take a look at what the Islanders did by hiring Patrick Waugh, I guess we could argue about what kind of coach he is. Someone that is willing to make huge splashes, huge, huge changes, making big acquisitions. Because I think to a certain extent, a lot of people are just buying what they're selling, saying, well, Capitals are doing all they can do. Says who? You know, I want to have another look at it, but uh, I don't see them, you know, uh, you know, firing Brian McClellan just because I think they re-upped him here uh, not too long ago. So unless Ted Leonsis was just totally irritated, I think that he'll be around. But I would like to see some big pieces come in here. And I think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of players that uh, a lot of the fans hold near and dear to their heart that they're going to have to be okay with parting with. I'm talking about, you know, maybe T.J. Oshie. I'm talking about, you know, how serious are we? Would we be willing to to move on from John Carlson? Um, but, you know, if you want to kind of just, you know, not get so crazy, why don't you take a look at the positions that there is just a glut of talent? Take a look at netminding. You have Darcy Camper, you have Charlie Lindgren, you have Hunter Shepard, you have Clay Stevenson. You can go down Garen B. Orkland and Mitchell Gibson. And so there's a lot of options there. Uh, you take a look at the blue line, same thing goes there. You know, you take a look at Lucas Johansson. I thought it was going to be the year for Alex Alexia, but then they signed Joel Edmondson. So I would start with the net minding position, which you generally don't get a really positive return on. Um, but I think that, and I know that this is crazy, but I would be willing to listen to offers on Charlie Lindgren. Why? Because everyone else can see the back of their hockey cards. They know how much... Uh, money Darcy Kemper's getting paid. They know the term. They know that he's having an offseason. So you would get a diminished return on him. The Capitals have uh, Chucky Sideburns, the outlaw, making next to nothing uh, and knocking it out of the park, one of the best guys in the NHL. You could probably get a pretty good favorable return on him. Uh, and then you take a look at the blue line. I could see Jensen moving. I could see TVR moving. Um, you know, and I think that they've already kind of tried to address that by picking up Sandine at the deadline last year and signing Ethan Bear. But, you know, what's going on with Ethan Bear? Uh, also, Martin Faravari is in that mix as well. I would start there, goalies, blue line, and then fan out from there uh, and see what kind of return you can get. But I think that the Capitals are probably two or three pieces away from being competitive. Um, unless Alex Ovechkin just, you know, totally turns on the Jets, unless Kuzi and all these you know, steady eddies to use a Craig Lachlan term can start turning it on. I don't see it being the case. Take a look at the Capitals right now in goals. A Dylan Strom, 16, Mantha, 14, Tom Wilson, 12, and Alex Ovechkin has eight. Anthony Mantha. Yes, that Anthony Mantha is beating <laughs> Alex Ovechkin in goals. We are truly in end times. Um, so 
that's my take on it. I don't see them making the playoffs, and I hate to say it, uh, seeing is believing. I would love to see them do something huge before the start of next season, uh, unless you know Mac can really pull a rabbit out of his hat and do something at the trade deadline. Uh, historically, um, he hasn't done that. He's usually done that during free agency in the summertime, but I, I don't see the team making it to the playoffs this year, and uh, I think it's already about assessing and taking a look at next season. Damn, that is... Super doom and gloom, Polly. I mean, I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my fanaticism continue to help me hopefully remain a little bit more positive than that. But hey, you know that the our predictions on Monday were that the Washington Capitals weren't gonna win a single game this week. Well, at least for me. Polly was a little bit more uh more positive with a one and two record. But you know Yeah, I had hope <clears throat> I had hope for the Minnesota game, so we see how that went. <laughs> exactly. Um and here, here's another thing too, like, you know, we talk about all, you know, the blue line, things like that. I and mean, those are all, I think, you know, good suggestions for sure. And probably, you know, losses that we could absorb. Like, would, I mean, Dan, are you open to like moving Connor McMichael and some of those guys that you named in the A, right? Because the problem with the Washington Capitals for years has been that they've butted up, like, you know, to be a top six forward prospect in the Washington Capitals system for the past 15 years is probably the worst place to get drafted, right? You're never going to get a shot at the top six. And if you get a shot at the big club, you better perform in a fourth or third line uh, capacity. But, you know, which the problem with that is that no one has seen if Ethan Frank, Scarbosa, you know, those forwards that you listed, I mean, even Joe Snively, right? can actually consistently perform night in and night out in the NHL when they've had their five, 10 game stints, they've done okay, but that's not large enough of a sample size, you know? Uh, but if you could spin it and package a couple of those prospects away, would you be comfortable with moving, looking at how they're performing in Hershey and knowing that they're homegrown and knowing that we would have leverage over those players the next five years or so, would you be comfortable with moving prospects like that as well? Not for a rental, that's for sure. Uh, I don't like that. I mean, unless your term is uh, your team, excuse me, is just on the cusp of doing great things. Uh, you know, you take a look at Vancouver, New York. If they're a piece or two away, I could see doing that. But to give up, you know, Connor McMichael and you know some other top tier talent kind of seems to be the script that we've seen from the Capitals from years before. Kicking that can down the the road, saying you know we're going to get younger and faster, but I, I can't tell you when. <laughs> um, that, uh, but I honestly, I've liked Connor McMichael's game this year. Uh, if I had to pick one, Hendricks Lapierre, um, you know, flashes of greatness. Um, I would be, you know, if I had to pick between the two, I would part with Hendricks Lapierre. Um, but you know, it, it's an interesting position, it all has to do with return. Um, because ultimately, the players down in Hershey in the AHL are their job is to help one day be future NHLers, ostensibly. Um, so, if there is not a spot for one of those players or they get a huge return, then I'd be willing to do it. But I don't know if what the Capitals have down in Hershey, it would have to be quite a few of those players to yield a huge return. Um, and, you know, you could go into the weeds and say, well, it could be Kuzi and it could be Hendricks Lop here. Mm, that's still not going to get you a top six. Um, so I guess it just, it depends on what, you know, the return is, is what I'm going to say. But yes, I would be willing to listen to that for some of the prospects. Uh, it would just be hinging on what kind of return the Capitals got. Absolutely. And only time will tell Caps fans. It's We're definitely in precarious situation. That's for sure. Really on the edge of, of this or that. 
Um, but you know, I think we've we've run our thirty minutes, and I know you've got to get out of here, Dan. But uh, Paul, you have anything else to add there at the end? No, <clears throat> I learned a lot today. That's for sure. <laughs> I know Dan's fucking hitting us with with some exclusive. Uh, that was a bit of a hot take there. I will I'll say so. You know, folks, he releases podcasts every day. If he comes up missing, look at Ted Leonsis. Yep. <laughs> I'm in a gravel pit somewhere. Yeah. All right. No, I love it, man. I, lo- I love that you uh, were, you know, put it out there for us. I really appreciate that. You know, it's beyond hockey here. I think, you know, we talk a lot of hockey, obviously, but but having that type of insight is amazing. So I really appreciate that. Thank you again for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone you. where Thank they you, can Dan. find you? Thank you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Uh, it's also available on the SiriusXM app and um, on YouTube, of course, and wherever you find your podcast. So, yeah, check it out. It's a daily podcast, five days a week. Uh, the only time it's not five days a week is I think there's like a month, month and a half in the dog days of summer that we go to three shows a week. But by and large, a capital show five days a week. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. All right. Take care, Caps fans. Until Monday, Hockey Trail, Poly Cupcakes, and Dan Holmey signing off. Bye. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Polly underscore cupcakes on instagram tiktok and twitter special thanks to the hockey podcast network at hockey Podnet on social and the hockey podcast network.com every team everywhere check them out or we're not friends anymore <laughs>